0: Elijah built the altar with the sacrifice the fire of God Wherever there's an altar and I'm the sacrifice upon it surrendering my will they got a revelation of the fire of God so worship is me seeing who he is in my present situation the struggle you and I have is surrender scripture says we lift hands we fall on our face we get on our knees you define how you want according to scripture whichever one of the seven ways you do it but just all you and i need to know is we must do the worship because if i give it to him and surrender you're going to see god in your situation and what he's working it eliminates stress it'll eliminate worry it'll eliminate fear It'll eliminate anxiety. It'll give you a plan of how to reach your sons and daughters and family when I worship Him. One more time, just lift your hands in complete surrender. Let it come from your heart. God, I present myself a living sacrifice unto you today. In Jesus' name we pray. There's something moving in here tonight that's very special. Very, very special. On this week of sacrifice, no doubt some are already feeling the effects of weariness in your body just from the beginning stages. But yet tonight, what a demonstration of the will of God's people saying, Lord, I'm here for one reason, and that's You. Folks, that's true church that's true Pay back to your seats again I, I commend you and I know I'm just a man commending you in your worship and praise tonight for those that have just gotten under the load of it I commend you for it I'm just a man giving you that The heartfelt worship that has come from this place tonight. Heaven, I, I sometimes wish, Brother Roger, I could just get a little glimpse. And if God's a spirit, I know, but we put these attributes on him face and hand. And boy, Sister Debbie, if I could just see him smile, I, I just wonder if he wouldn't look down sometimes at our services and just to smile, saying, That's my That's my people. That's my people. I can count on them to always come through when the hour is the darkest. People of God come through. There's going to be a sign-up sheet on the, the, the desk there in the vestibule for all department head. I need you to sign it as last year that you would give a time when it would be fitting for you Uh, And and I, we could sit down and have our departmental meetings one-on-one. That form is in the back. I would ask for department heads, uh, have your calendars also ready. Uh, The staff meeting on this upcoming Tuesday, we're trying to get this calendar collaborated, all the departments, so whatever events you're going to have, you need to have that ready or a ballpark by the end of this week so we can uh, discuss the dates and have it all on the calendar. So I want you to be ready for that. And also, too, this week of sacrifice for food and media, uh, they've made uh, these water bottles. I wish I'd have one. I'd show it to you. It's a neat, neat little thing. So before you leave tonight, please don't leave in a hurry. We're going to have boxes there at the back door to try to catch everybody. But we have made a ton of these water bottles for everybody in the church. So please don't leave. And they just—it says the logo and Fast 2023 on it. But just another token of just trying to. Hey, there you go. Look at here. You tell me we ain't high tech now. Hi, brother Daryl. We getting high. We getting that old boy. Save Inno, in, innovative. In innovative. In innovative. We getting fancy. We got bottles here that we're gonna give to everybody just to you know the thing about all this folks is not to this is what fasting is about it's it's separating ourselves Isaiah talks about this in Isaiah 58 it's the chosen fast that the Lord has designated there's a time that the Lord moves on congregations and people to set aside this time and he said this fast is one that will break the bands of wickedness And he gives a list in Isaiah 58 of all the things it does. I firmly believe with all of my heart, not only is it going to help us rein in things of our own carnal fleshly nature, but it's going to help us in having a great thrust for revival and breaking the bands of wickedness for our families and friends and people we're believing in. So the water bottle is just a kind token just to, hey, remember what this is all about. And uh, we're doing it unto the Lord. And uh, we're going to see something great happen in the kingdom of God. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And starting with verse 57. Luke 9 and 57. Sister Lauren, if you would, once we get to the end, go right back up to the beginning for me again. 57 came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord... Suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another, the third one, there's three. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house and jesus said unto him no man having her put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom tonight i want to endeavor on this week of sacrifice again everything is is building not just for this week but hopefully this becomes a lifestyle i know we put so much emphasis at the beginning and i mean probably churches all over Pentecost are doing some type of new year beginning and I thank God for all that we do but what I'm more interested in is, is this becoming a lifestyle of walking with God because if we can walk with God every day I can go away the UPC can go away but there's one thing that ain't never gonna go away the word of God will always be with you and I and if I can get it in my heart then I can be a true follower of christ and that's the message tonight how to be a true follower of christ if you would lift your hands and ask god to talk to us jesus i thank you tonight for your word i pray that you would help me lord to deliver as you've given to me your word the understanding the revelation god i pray help me touch my mind tonight god your feeble servant, to deliver this word, touch the people of God, that it would be helpful, strengthening, and all with an eternal purpose for all of us in this building tonight. I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. You, you have heard me probably frequently enough. I, I, many times when I find New Testament Scriptures I many times all follow, thank you, try to find a a correlating Old Testament scripture to much of this. I believe that the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, that every truth that you and I believe, teach, doctrine, you can find it in a very elementary, beginning, seedbed state in the book of Genesis. You find much of it on the days of creation. You can find uh, more even once man and woman come to light and begin to tend to the garden and have a relationship with God in the cool of the day. And this scripture here that Jesus is referring to is no different. You can find a clear correlation to uh, in, in, in the beginning in Genesis. And, and the battle that you and I face is now we have Jesus teaching us how to be a follower. But really there were followers all the way in the very beginning. That's what Adam and Eve was is the, in the beginning. They were to be a follower of God. They were to be one that he created in his image. And the purpose of him creating them in the image is that they would have the same feelings and desires that he had. That in turn, as he would walk, they would walk. As he would go, they would go. But it was a communication and a relationship between them and a deity that even at that time had not fully been understood. And as he led, they willingly followed. But yet in the course of their following, the battle begins. The battle that you and I face today is nothing new. The struggle that you and I face, I know people have said, well, I'm really not fighting a whole lot. Well, then I need to sit down really and talk to you quick because something's wrong. Because if you got the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, hell hates your guts and he's going to do something to try to aggravate you and frustrate you, tempt you and cause you to turn to a left or to a right or to give up and throw in the towel. The battle you and I are facing is over. What kingdom are we all going to be established in? The kingdom of heaven came in the garden. It was a picture perfect. The kingdom of heaven was pure. There was no animosity. There was no anger. There was no sin. There was no jealousy. There was no evil. It was perfect harmony between them and between them and God and the ease of the day. But yet the enemy understood I've got to break the union between them and him. And I will do whatever I can. And it it, it comes many times. We categorize the way that Eve and Adam fell. Real simple, through three types or three examples. The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. Out of those three temptations comes every temptation temptation that you and I would find. Whether it be even giving up and quitting church you will find its root system back in the pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. And when Eve looked at the tree, the first thing that came to her was the pride of life. Because if you eat of this tree, you will be made known, you will become wise and be like God's, the pride of life. Power opulence to have the ability to call the shots was the temptation of the pride of life and then to be intoxicated by that pride of life man there's just something about man he wants power and there's women that just want power it don't matter what you and i are man or woman there's an element within us after the fall of adam that wants power and to call the shots and to make decisions like we won't. This is what fights our faith the hardest. You think I'm going to come down the avenue of 5 ministry. I'm tricking you tonight. I'm coming down the, re- the avenue of relationship and God. Because when God don't do what I want him to do. And God don't call the shot like I think he should. My faith. Then the Bible says and she looked. The lust of the eye and then she took the lust of the flesh so you have in the very beginning doctrinally the beginning of the temptations act the pride of life the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and it does not change and in you and I are following and trying to find God and trying to develop a relationship with God the battle that you and I are going to face are going to come from those three temptations The pride of life, trying to make something for myself, the lust of the eye, I'm drawn away by things that allure me in the eye gate. And then the lust of the flesh to live carnal and unto my own means, doing whatever I want because the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life basically tell God, I don't need you in this. People think that sin is just, uh, it's just something you do. When you understand the deepest translation of what sin is, it's telling God, I don't need you. I don't want you. I've got it handled in my own. But God's intent from the beginning was never that any should perish was never that any should fall by the wayside, was never his intent that you and I, that when we make our declaration, I will be a follower of Christ, that I fall by the wayside and become disillusioned. But it was always heaven's intent that he equips you, that he will strengthen you, that he will cause you to rise above whatever temptation you face in that moment. And this man, find me, the first verse, 57. 57. Jesus picking up with the story of the book of beginnings. But there's a whole lot more details we got in Jesus' story than we do with Adam and her messing around and her and him messing around with the tree. First verse says, It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man found Jesus. And he called him Lord. That's very significant. That's Adonai, L-O-R-D, not capital O-R-D, but capital L-O-R-D. It's Adonai, meaning master. Same thing as we talked about this morning in that message. He's looking to them saying, You are the Lord. You are the master of it all. So he comes with a religious mindset, understanding a little bit of who Jesus was. No doubt this man came with good intentions and and really came with an honest heart that he wanted to do it right. I, I, I uh, I don't doubt his intention. He said, I'll follow you, and listen to his words, wherever you're going to go. His his declaration of faith was saying, wherever you go, whatever you do, I'm stuck to you. Like many of us, in our walking with God and living for God, we make strong declarations of faith and that I'm going to be with God until the end. But life has a way of throwing us curveballs and things that we didn't see coming. God's in control of everything. So do I look at it and say life's not fair? Or do I look at everything and say God's not fair? Or do I look at it and say God's in control of everything? And he's wanting to know, am I going to be a true follower of him? That when the chips are down and it's raining and it ain't really looking good for me. But can I still stay faithful and be a follower? He said, wherever you go, wherever you go. It kind of reminds me even this morning about that. I'm going to jump back to this morning's message because there was a point there that I I didn't bear out this morning. But it's like that one leper. He said, no matter. I'm with you. I wonder if that leper in him had the same dedication, Brother Wade, that you've been so good to me. What was it that this man saw that said, I'm never going to leave your side. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have a bad day. And I'm going to want to throw in the towel and say, you know what, God, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But out of nowhere, the grace of God comes and the strength of God comes. Because down in the heart of humanity, we want to follow him. That leper got the revelation of who he was. Because even Jesus said it was one of the most... I wish I could even throw it back up there today I don't remember the verse I think it's verse 17 of Luke today or what we talked about this morning Sister Becky that man came back to Jesus and Jesus said were there not 10 where is the 9 he said that they would return and glorify God it was in red letter what Jesus was just saying was I'm God manifested in the flesh But if we just look at it just as, this is just Christianity. This is just now just something that we just do kind of going through the motion. This is just a pew that I occupy. And our mess is so great in our mind that we can't see. Really what you're going through is you're a follower of Christ. He never promised it would be easy. He never promised it would be a bed of roses. But what he did promise was I'll be with you until the end if you stay on the path and don't deviate from it. struggle, the battle, Uh, my mind is so full tonight, I want to go in so many different directions, but I want somebody to understand something tonight. That when God put you here, He didn't put you here because He couldn't find nobody else. God didn't let you go through all the hell that you went through in your family, in your home, in loss of life and health and friendships and relationships because he couldn't find somebody else. The reason you're still sitting on a pew is because you have determined in your mind, God, wherever you go, that's where I'm going to go. I'm not going to succumb to the pride of life. That's what that one was. I'm not going to succumb to the pride of life. I'm not in this for my own. I'm not in this for my benefit. I'm in it for you and if I'm in it for you, then I'll be the benefactor of the kingdom of heaven. God could have put anybody on these pews. God could tonight cut this church in half and bring in new people if he wanted to. But the fact that you're still here in the midst of all that you face. See, you don't even know it and the pride of life has come to you just like it did here. Go to the next verse real quick. Stay with me. Go to the next verse, verse 58. And Jesus, here's his response. Foxes have holes, birds have, they got their own place. But me, I ain't got no place to lay my head. He just told that fella, listen to me. You're saying you're going to follow me. But let me give you a bulletin. I ain't got no home. And that's not going to work for you. Because something in that man that said, I'll go wherever you go. There was something in his heart and mind that didn't want to go wherever Christ wanted to go. And Jesus debunked it right there saying, hang on. You need to deal with the pride of life. Can you follow me? when you ain't got no home now I'm preaching to a church tonight when I asked the Lord this and said God I don't mean to be disrespectful for you but I don't see how this fits with people here they all got a home he said yeah you're right he said just make a reminder that home was given by me And it was given by me because they made up in their mind to be a follower of me. That it didn't matter how conditions were in the house or how great it was with where I live or where I was. That didn't just speak of a house. That spoke of this house. And there's going to be things that's going to come against you and I and this house. That's not going to be conducive. And we're going to look at it and go, the the pride of life is going to rise up and say, I don't have to do that to be a follower of Christ. I don't have to live like that. I don't have to have these kind of things or be without these kind of things. Jesus said you need to remember the principle. When you're a follower of me, I determine what's comfortable. Not you come on somebody let, let's go do I need to take the gladiators do I need to take you back on the day when they took little girls like this come here Austin they take little girls and they would clothe them in a, in a sheepskin and they'd throw them in the middle of a, of a, of a pit and they let lions begin to devour and where's Aaron Aaron and you can't do nothing we don't know about sacrifice We think cuz we come to church three times a week we're sacrificing and we're doing God a favor we're not doing God a favor. We're trying to save ourselves. We're trying to get where God is that we can be saved. And you got little ones like this getting thrown into a, a coliseum. That's suffering. That's going through trouble. Because I can't eat a filet mignon tomorrow night don't mean I'm suffering. Hello, I wish I'd have got 10 amen from my cowmen. Roy, I'm talking to you. I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering because the little inconveniences I face. Folks, this is a hard lesson to learn. I'm going somewhere and I'm on the way and I got a blowout. Well, God, I'm doing your work. Bless God. Why You, you, you would think you could make the tire work till I got there. Little inconveniences start turning into and lead to the pride of life but if I can learn that when these inconveniences of life come this is the day the Lord hath made I'm gonna declare your name I'm gonna give you thanksgiving and praise. I'm not thanking you for the broke tire the Bible says from everything give him thanks in everything give him thanks it don't say far I'm not giving him thanks for a broke tire, but I will thank him from that place of having a broke tire and say, God, I thank you that whatever you're up to and trying to work in my heart and my mind, I'm not going to let the pride of life take away my joy. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my faith. God, you're good all the time and there's never a day that you're not faithful and you're not good to me. this house he said are you able to go through things let's bring sickness are you able to go through sickness with grace things can happen to this house that isn't always conducive man it takes away my joy it takes away my well being my quality of life is what we've said is gone once I've prayed and asked God for healing and if God don't do it I might as well put on a worship and say God you do all things well could God do it as I said before could God put new people could God and put brand? God can do anything but when God don't this verse does not say that he walked away but many of the original writers say he walked away as well next verse and he comes to another and says, follow me. He said, Lord, now here it goes. Now it starts. Wait, Lord. The other one didn't do this. The other one was the aggressor. The first one. He came and said, hey, I'm with you, Jesus. I'm stuck to you. Thou protestest too much. You really weren't with him. But you declared that. And Jesus came in with the word and said, I need you to understand what makes a true follower. Is that you overcome the inconveniences. And number two, he said, let me go bury my father. Next verse. And Jesus' response to him was, let the dead bury the dead. Strange terminology. Let the dead. Matthew says, the boy says, let me go bury my dad. But Jesus takes it another and says, let the dead bury bury the dead what he's saying is in this particular case that's not the lust of the eye that's the lust of the flesh and what he's trying to show him is this that in this temptation the will of man is what causes you and i to lose out with him let the dead their will is already dead it don't want to have no part with you jesus And Jesus had to call him out and say, let them bury their own. See, God in this hour is looking for radical commitment that says, God, I know what you can do. And not only do I know what you can do, I'm going to declare it from the rooftop. I'm going to declare it wherever I go. That God's able to heal. God's able to deliver. God's able to set free. And God's able to do what my mind is telling me he will never do. Who tonight, in your heart and mind, is the furthest away from God in your life? And God's asking tonight, can you still follow me when it don't make sense and their will is bent against God? This is, this is strange because Jesus, you would think he would say, go on home, go take care of your daddy. Go take care of your family. Because here's what Jesus is trying to say. If you're not careful, family could be the vehicle by which the lust of the flesh comes. I'm all for being tight. I'm all for being the sackets and the hackets. Something like that. I'm all for being family. Family. But when my family is causing me to be pulled away in a way opposite of God and the things of God and eternal life in God. I can't let the pride of life, I can't let the lust of the flesh, I can't let any unbridled will cause me to send my will into another another dimension. But if God ever called me and God ever put me here, and God called you and I to a special relationship with him, I can't let one individual, I can't let one social status, I can't let anything violate my following him. If not, you've got the garden all over again. See, we remove these stories and place them way over here when really, they're right here with us. They're right here by us. Closer. Next verse. And another one said, Lord, I'll follow thee. But let me first bid farewell which are at home in my house. Next verse. The third one. Jesus said that any man that put his hand to the plow, looking back. Folks, in this hour we live, the enemy's working overtime trying to get us to look back. Look at things that we don't need to be looking at. He's doing everything in his power to cause your will to get all twisted and out of sorts with God and the things of God. You might not have seen the miracle of your family yet. You might not have seen that son and daughter delivered yet. You might not have seen the change that you want to see in your family, your marriage, the peace that you need in your mind. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. But regardless of what it is, don't let the enemy pull you away with the temptation of the lust of the eye and the pride of life. But settle it once and for all. I'm not just going to be a follower but I'm going to be a disciple and I'm going to do everything I can to please him regardless of how comfortable it is. (laughs) Joseph, when he was in the, the prison, he had his dreams in the prison and there was a butler and there was a baker in there, Brother Wade. And he had a dream Or they had a dream, and they tell it to Joseph. And in the dream, one of them delivers bread in a basket on the head, and the head gets cut off. And the other one delivers the cup of wine to Pharaoh again. And in the dream, the head that carried the basket of bread got cut off. Hear me. But the one that carried the wine lived in the court of Pharaoh. The moral to the story or the principle behind it is Pharaoh representing the enemy and the world It does not want the bread of God's word But it loves the wine of pleasure and intoxication And the, the fight that you That's why somebody says well I'm not in a fight You're in a fight just because you're called of God And the world is trying to pull everything and cause you to become disillusioned in faith of God. And he's not coming with pitchfork and he's not coming with with a, a witch's hat. He's not coming as a warlock making some chance of some Indian witch doctor with a chicken's head cut off. He's not coming like that. He's coming through the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. And if he can cause you to let go of your faith, Sister Leah, through one of those three, in essence, I have now just become a non-follower. I'm here in body. I'm here in mind. But yet it's not the mind that I'm supposed to have. The mind of Christ is what's supposed to dwell in us. God is causing this church and creating something in this church body that is beyond anything I've ever seen, Brother Darrell. I've worked on church committees and places and talked to preachers and people all over. But what I'm witnessing with my own eye and the spirit that's happening in our rank right here in the midst of Indian Village is beyond my understanding what God is doing, Brother Daryl. There are people that he's already dealing with the hearts of. And God is waiting on you and I to rise with the occasion of faith and declare this is the hour for you and I. Radical faith that says it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is. It doesn't matter what I'm out to go through. It doesn't matter what I may be facing. I'm sticking with God It's kind of like the message I preached the other night, quiet, quit. I believe revelation's coming like never before in this end time, Brother Joe, Brother Wade. I believe revelation's coming to the church and it's going to sweep into the church like it's never been before because people are hungry for it. I believe that but with that revelation is going to come an intense battle and the enemy is going to do everything he can to oppose it and the thing that he's going to use against you and I is trying to pull us away out of those three venues of temptation and cause us to throw in and cash in the car and say you know what I got a better understanding of this than God does. It's okay sometimes to not understand. It's okay sometimes to not have all the answers. It's okay sometimes to not have it all figured out but if I know this I know the one that gives the answer. I know The one that's going to take care of me when I don't know what I can do. Can you stay radically committed to Him when everything is not going right? Musicians come, I'm closing. I'm going to come back at a later date and I want to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about Malachi and Isaiah. In the closing chapter, Malachi 3, it has to do with the closing of the dispensation. This thing's ending. It's about 397 B.C. And he's closing, Brother Wade, Brother Langley. He's closing out. And God's looking now at his church. Matter of fact, find it for me, Lord. Malachi 3 and verse 6. Now, yeah, start with 6 and then I'm going to jump to 13. I'm the Lord. Here it is. I change not and here's what God's trying to tell you and I he don't change And let me tell you something else about your enemy he don't change a whole lot either he knows just what buttons to push on you He knows just what to make you mad. He knows just what to make you fret. He knows just what to draw out of you. The Bible says we're drawn out by our own lust. Hear me. Just because you ain't smoking, chewing, drinking Marlboro, Crown Royal, you going through, that doesn't mean you got some lustful thing. I'll I'll, I'll rock you. Let, Let me let me let me just rock the boat real good. You can lust after the spirit and it'd be wrong. I'm talking about lust after his spirit. I'll prove it to you in scripture another day. Don't say that there's something in me that can't be drawn out by the enemy. As long as you and I are in flesh, there's not one of us, including this preacher, that's exempt from me being drawn away by my own lust. Whether it be pride of life, lust of the flesh, any of these things. But here's what I got to remember though I may change, God never changes. And the same God that helped them then is going to help you and I now. If drug addiction was a problem then, then God can remedy it today now. He said, I don't change. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He said, It's because of my unchanging attribute that you ain't dead already go down let's go seven we're gonna go fast lord faster that thing will go even the days of the father are going from my heart, and i and not kept returning me i'll return to you where you shall but ye said where shall we return you know what they were saying they were fighting against isaiah 58 in the fast here's what they were saying brother ron i fasted i prayed i've been faithful for years and God ain't done nothing. These are Jews, man. He said, I ain't done, God ain't done nothing. Then we go into, but have you robbed God? Where's the robber? Rob, Tithing offering. Next verse. You're a curse for a curse. You've robbed me. He's saying, You've taken that which is holy and you've twisted it. Tithe was holy. That was God's. You know, somebody come the other day saying, I pay my tithe. You don't pay, you give back. 10% of increase is God's. That's the word of God and if I don't do it I'm cursed next verse bring all the tithe to the storehouse there may be me he's saying you bring the tithe to the house by which you're fed that's why these people that are that are giving tithe that ain't the way it works it's in the storehouse now if you ain't getting fed then you gotta fire the, the guy pulling the plow he said bring it to the storehouse now here it is. Prove me that I will not open the windows of heaven and part a blessing. What's the reason behind all of that scripture right there? Oh God, pastors on tithing. No, 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 no. You hear me? The reason he was owned to it in Malachi was because when the people gave, it was a sign to everybody else that God was faithful to His word. That's why when I don't give, I'm telling everybody else God's not faithful. I'm not blessed. It's a penny. I so saw when I find a penny in the parking lot, I look like a fool, but I pick it up and go, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the penny. I do. Well, now you got COVID. It's well now. I thank God for whatever he gives me. And by doing that, I'm telling everybody. And when you and I give, we're telling the world, we're telling, vi- we're telling visitors, we are a blessed people. Need to know your bank account they don't need to know what you give they just need to see that you're giving now God wants to know what you're giving not man oh boy that just will preach real good let's go to the next one pour out a blessing that I will rebuke and here it is when you give and tithe and offering God says I rebuke the devourer I've heard people do this over and over. Their car goes longer, their tires go longer. They're all people that are faithful in their giving. God says, I'll rebuke the devour for you. I'll bless you when the enemy wants to come in and devour your crops and your fruit. Before the, t- it ain't gonna happen. Next verse. And all nations shall, there it is. You're blessed. For you shall be a disciple go to the next verse. I'll come back and talk about it another day. Your words shall be, here it is. Verse 13. Your words have been stout against me, said the Lord. I'm going to define to you what that means. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Five minutes. Yet ye say, what have we done? Kind of remind you of that first fellow with the pride of life. I'm going to follow you wherever, Lord. And Jesus pops him and says, I ain't got a house now. And the guy ain't nowhere to be found. Proving religion, but yet not really holding to the word that makes you a follower. He says, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord, yet you said you've spoken against me. That word's stout against me. Here's what he's saying. You said. The translation is, you have said evil is good and God don't care. Now I want you to let that sink in. I'm closing. You and I might not have said it with my mouth, but we thought things like that. Well, God, why don't the, the deliverance come, the healing come, the miracle come, well, I guess you're okay with evil. I know God's not, but I guess you're okay with it. And they commented back to him saying, God, you're not that what you say you are. And they said, What have we spoken? Next verse. You've said it's vain to serve God. We have followed you. Watch this. This is so critical. They said we they have been through captivity, Babylon, Assyrian captivity, and they're saying it's vanity. It didn't do us no good. But here's what happened. They did understand idolatry of statues. And they killed it. But now watch what they did. Because their heart did not change brother the way in Malachi. And that we walked mournly for the Lord of hosts. Next verse. And now we call the proud. Here it is. We call the proud happy. In other words, people that are evil and wrong and sinful. They're the happy ones. I'm doing right and we're sad. and because they could not settle that conflict in their mind, here's what happened. Pharisees and Sadducees formulated at this point in time. When when Moses did it in the mountain, he said appoint the 70. That was the beginning of it. But Moses had a strong hand of authority, and God used the kings to keep that thing of legalism and law. He he was able to balance it. When it came to the end and the shifting to dispensations, there was nobody to stop it. So now Pharisees and Sadducees rose up. What does that mean? What are you talking about, Benoit? Here's what I'm talking about. Having a form of religion but their heart is not with God. Jesus said it like this. Your whited sepulchre is full of dead men's bones. You look the part on the outside but there's no spirit moving on you on the inside. And this is the hour we live in and now there's followers. And that's why I say to this church people that are followers of Christ are people that don't succumb to those three temptations. I'm not advocating perfection. I'm advocating an understanding that I cannot succumb to that temptation. But I'm going to live my life sacrificed unto the Lord. That if He calls for worship, I'm going to give Him worship. If He calls for praise, I'm going to give Him praise. If He calls for prayer, I'm going to give Him prayer. Because really at this point, God's the only one that can help you and I with the times that we're facing. and with me. That's good, Lord. I'll come back and talk about Malachi on another day. Give me, close, give me Luke 10 and 20. Luke 10 and 20, Lord. Luke 10 and 20. After he got done with all them boys, after he got done with them all, the three temptations, the Bible says, for the harvest is great. And I need laborers to go. Zach. Just Claudia, Brother Daryl, Mom, Dad. Charlie, Stephen. God's looking for harvesters. So once I pass the test. And I defeat these temptations. Over and over. It's repetitive. It's time to get busy in the harvest. That's ten and one. And then he begins to say. Woe unto all of those that don't get this down pat. Shows hand. Woe unto... Sodom and go woe unto all of them and the reason he calls it woe is because truth came to them but they received it not and I say again you and I are going to be judged on the level of truth that you hear from a pulpit I'm not going to be judged at how long I've lived for God I'm going to be judged at how long or how I've heard truth and what I've done with that truth but Jesus sums it up in verse 20. he said listen to me boys He said, listen, you got it down. You're beating this. You're doing right. But you don't need to be. There was actually 70 that they were appointed. He said, don't rejoice that devils are cast out by you through my name. He said, this is what it's all about. That in the end, you need to rejoice. That you made it through temptations that a lot of people couldn't do. And I looked here at a seasoned, aged But yet youthful church tonight, and I say this just as he would say it, I'm not rejoicing over marks that we make. I thank God for the numbers and things that God has done. I get a report every Sunday of the people and the numbers that come. I thank God for that. But you know what I rejoice more over? is another Sunday or Monday or Tuesday that I get a report from somebody they overcame the pride of life they overcame a temptation and they still are with us in the church living for God somebody ought to lift their hands and lift their voice tonight and tell the devil right now you ought to shout it I'm still here the enemy tried to take you out but you're still here Should have been dead and gone you should have been finished a long time ago i think about some of the things me and my wife have been through sister june brother tyrone Brother weights just sister genevieve ministry related oh my word i'll be honest there were nights i walked that floor sister smith and i go this is it this is the nail on the coffin I'm going to still serve the Lord and I'm going to love Him but this one is going to make me stroke out but you know what Brother Wade I kept on praying through the night I kept on praying the next day I threw in a little fasting to it and I read His Word and you know what within a few days the situation never changed but yet I overcame the pride of life the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and I was able to declare I'm still a follower of Christ regardless of what I've been through is there anybody tonight you've been through a little bit of hell you've been through some trouble and you want to just declare tonight I'm still here and I'm going to continue to be a follower of Christ step out of that pew tonight make your way to the front but when you do lift your hands and declare it unto the Lord I'm still here I'm still here. Suicide could have taken some out. Drug addiction could have taken some out. Marriages could have taken a turn, but they didn't. I'm still here. Come on, lift your voice right now and just love on him. Just tell him how good he is. Tell him how faithful he's been. Come on, God don't change. God does not change. God never changes. We change. Hold to his unchanging hand. in your body this week is going to be pinnacle for somebody i'm not trying to set your hopes on unrealistic expectations but i am telling you this god honors sacrifice and wherever there's sacrifice there's going to be a revelation of who he is we need to embrace that tonight and believe in my faith Stretch your hand out, put it on your neighbor's shoulder. Husband or wife, pray for him right now. Pray for him right now. God, I need you to undergird for my neighbor, my spouse, my wife, my husband. Come on, pray for him right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Let something flow through you from eternity because they're facing situations and circumstances. Folks, this is the end time. We gotta encourage one another when we come together. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. God don't change. Your prayer is gonna work for them. Pray the peace of God. If you don't know what to pray, pray for the peace of God, the help of God. Come on, God don't change. If God was faithful 50 years ago, God's gonna be faithful to Indian village now and it's gonna be even greater. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move right now. This is what breaks the things out of us. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Some dams and barriers need to break. Are we going to be drawn away? I don't want to lose anybody, but everybody, but continue. Come on, we're gonna go back old school in closing tonight. God don't change. I want you to reach up tonight and lay a hand in his unchanging hand. God don't change.